Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KBEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's talking about. time for Mortgage Matters. All right. Good morning, everyone. Top of the morning. Yeah. Happy, happy Saturday to you. Top of the morning to you. To you. I was thinking it was like St. Patty's Day today. Top of the morning. Oh, the holiday was yesterday. Mm. Holiday. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Funny thing. Was I it? saw. I saw some sitcoms and shows getting behind that this week. And you watched your show for the week. They were like. Behind the uh, April 20th holiday. Right. Yeah. It's pretty pretty acceptable in this state now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I was watching a show with my wife. She watches these ER shows. She's an ER nurse, and they had the famous batch of cookie swap. You know what I'm talking about? They thought they were eating regular cookies. And now you got RNs and doctors walking around the hospital like, I don't think I can go in that room. Not good. Anyways. I saw this week, uh, speaking of cannabis, mm-hmm. Cal Poly's going to host a, a public forum on marijuana. I think it's all the rage right now. Well, interesting thing is that, you know, it's, well, it's legal now, right? Sure. But do you clearly understand the legality of it? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, so absolutely not. Cal Poly is going to host this prob- public forum. On, forum. Blah, blah, blah. What are all the Jim? We didn't do our exercises today. The, what do we got? We got the tip of the tongue and tip uh, of the teeth. Ah, ah, ah! The strength of the mouth. Yeah. Uh, that I thing. need. I need the like the brown fox jumps over the fence one though. What are those? Oh, do did, it. Did you never have to do those? No. This is that part of the show where you feel like you're just warming up on the treadmill, you know? You're getting it up to four speed. Okay. Is that like she sells seashells by the seashore? Kind of, yeah. I'll I'll remember in a minute. Uh, Anyhow, Cal Poly is hosting this forum on Thursday. That's pretty neat. To help keep uh, students and community kind of up to date on what what the ins and outs are now with the freshly legalized crop. And uh, that's interesting. Cal Poly. Is Cal Poly going to have an OH unit that has, you know, cannabis growing in it? Well, I mean, conceivably. I mean, legally growing in there anyway. Why not? I I don't see why it wouldn't compete with the wine business. I mean, it's certainly going on at the same time. But I would say this. it's interesting. I, I have some friends in the commercial real estate market and lots of demand to buy square footage and have um, these distilleries or what's the word I'm looking for when, you, when you're actually processing the marijuana? Is it distillery? No, that's not it. No, it would that's be like so a good. distribution center. Or, 
I can't think of the word. Well, but if you're if you're the dispensary is dispensary, the word you're looking for, that's maybe word, that's like selling to the consumer, I believe. And well, so, they want to yeah, do the whole whole shebang. Yeah, there's a there is a really big demand for that in the areas uh, where it's permitted, or at least you know you, you hear these stories about a city city says that they're entertaining the idea, and then all of a sudden, right in that area where they're entertaining the idea the rents go through the roof as everybody competes um still as as always lots of concern about um levels of crime around such a place right um i feel like there's a whole comedy skit here about like what type of crime happens (laughs) to the people that smoke marijuana you're driving pretty slow there sir (laughs) you're driving at 15 and a 35 I was trying to get over? I was trying to get my Doritos out. <laughs> right. I saw I was listening to Bob and Tom last week. Uh-huh. And they had a couple comedians on that were talking about marijuana and one of them said, "I don't I don't smoke marijuana, not my thing, but gosh, everybody does." Right. And the other comedian said, "Yeah, I don't either, but it's fascinating to me how many people do." And he says, "Yeah, who'd have guessed, you know, today in today's age, bread's out, marijuana's in. <laughs> <laughs> right? With the gluten-free, right? Yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I, as long as we're on the subject, we may as well round it out with something particularly relevant. Um, cannabis-based income is uh, very, very difficult to use in any kind of a, a loan transaction, and most banks won't do because it's still federally illegal. Most banks right. won't. Um, do banking transactions for companies that that are cannabis based, right. and so it it's kind of a kiss of death. I had a question come up to me this last week from a guy who said um, the garage is full of weed. The house is a normal house, nice house. Live in the house, mm-hmm. want to do a refi, but the mm-hmm. garage is actually just packed full of weed. So, like you can smell it from the driveway. Yeah. So, what do you do about that? And I'm like. That's a real good question. You know, is the appraiser supposed to to look in the garage and take some pictures? Usually the water heater's in there. Certainly. So what do you do? And is that okay? Could you... I, I just... What do been you say? doing loans for know. a long time. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I think people abstained from banking transactions when they had that illegal activity going on. But now that it's legal to some degree... Um, so I guess we'll just cross that bridge when it comes up. Like, Hey, Mr. Underwriter, here's an appraisal Sure, where the appraiser, you know, takes pictures of a crop in the garage and then we'll just see what happens. I don't know that they would, you know, what's the word I want to use? Um, get the authorities involved. I mean, I don't think that, I don't know what, what if it's legal though, there's a certain amount of plants that an individual can have. Sure. And so I guess maybe I should go to the, the public there. forum on Thursday at Cal Poly and go learn I think about more the, of us uh, should go to our public forums just this week at the uh, city council for slow. They talked about um, the long-term development of San Luis Obispo and what that's going to cost, how it gets financed um, options for how it's going to get financed. Obviously taxes are gonna one, c- one development in particular, or just no, about no, no, the- just like how it, it's, Great kind question. of long-term planning. Correct, which is right in your wheelhouse. So you got your degree mm-hmm. in, Jason. Um, 
there's all these development projects, real estate development projects, residential coming up, right? Well, we're going to have infrastructure constraints. We already see them, right? right. We're going to have, I mean, where do I park now? Because everyone's going downtown on Thursday night, like everyone. And so the city, in addition to wanting to enhance infrastructure, improve roads, things of that nature, they need to figure out a way to finance all this stuff. Right. And I'm going to tell you right now, listeners, there's no better way to get involved in, in, in impacting your community than getting involved and in going to these city council planning things. I'm going to tell you they're extremely boring. <laughs> extremely boring. And most of the time you're sitting there like, when are they going to get to my topic I that I came to for? I used to do news for KVEC, mm-hmm. and um, and boy, you are right. Yeah, I'd have to go down and do the city council meeting, and, you know. And I, yeah, I, I'd have been at the news. I'd been in doing the news in the morning, and then I have to go down and do the city council meeting. And be like, oh, so when you're so and here tired, it is at seven o'clock at night, and I'm like, uh, my, you're on hour twelve of your yeah. day, and it's yeah snooze fest. So yeah, they are boring. <laughs> they are boring, but, but they're important. The content is is. Pure though, I mean, you're hearing it straight as it's being decided on. Um, I brought that up. You know what? Before you move on from that, real quick, I just want to say the thing that that really is stand out though is that it's oftentimes the same few people that do show up. Um, they're kind of the vocal minority that are willing to come and participate and have their opinion heard. Sure. Um, and oftentimes, you know it depending on the issue at hand, you may or may not have a good representation of, of the whole public. That's but, correct. But that's really the problem is that you, uh, you know, I don't, you really always want a swath of what the average person wants or, you know, believes is best or, you know. Well, I, I agreed. And I think the, the reason I brought it up to, is just because I think it's an important time in this city to you know, really pay attention to what's happening. These developments are terrific. We need homes. We need them. Oh, Mike, be careful. Some people are, are racing to the phone right now to call. Oh, and that's good. We, they, curse I would love to your hear, name. I would love to hear their opinion. Um, and if you'd like to call, the number is 543-8830. That's 543-8830. You're kind of in a little cheeky mood today, aren't you? I just you? think that you look, we're going to get into some of the news. Well, you're a, a property owner in slow. You want to see San Luis grow? There's an economic debate to be had there, right? Sure. If I want to see price continue to rise, I don't like inventory. I want the current supply to continue to be the status quo because as houses swap out, there aren't as many choices. When I list my house, guess what? Price is the price. It's yeah, at the, the same market. time, though, you know, I I could make the argument to you that it's unhealthy if there's such pent up demand that you have trouble recruiting and retaining talent for local businesses, and then at the same time, people can't move around in a healthy fashion within the community. That is right. There isn't expansion room for a family to grow. That is right. You know, these kind of things are are unhealthy, and at some point, you're gonna you're gonna choke hold what could have been to an area just by way of of really low inventory like that. So it's a it's a double edged sword for sure. I, um, I side with utilitarianism and it's better for the whole than I'm all for it in this regard, in this regard. I would certainly yeah. love another 80 grand for my house and what it's worth. I mean, I said that just... No, I know you do it. I know kinda, you, and you, you poked the bear, which is good. I mean, that's why we're on the radio. Kind of tongue in cheek, you know. I, Of course, 
you have people that, um, you know, so many people call for affordable housing, mm -hmm. right? Whatever that looks like, get us some affordable housing, get the workforce some affordable housing and get it stat. Right. Uh, but then at the same time, it's like, no, don't, what are you, you're going to approve a what? How many units? Where? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that road's already a mess. Have Correct. you seen the houses they're putting in by, um, it's on Higuera Street, that, that red house that's there, and then they're putting in those houses that are behind it that's low in, uh, affordable housing. Oh, right. Like, yeah, in town there. Yeah, and I'm just kind of wondering, how's that going to make the city? Uh, well, it's I don't want to sound insensitive, but how's it going to how's it going to affect the look of the city, too? Well, it was previously like trailer park. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That and, would be better too. I guess it would be better. And than it was maybe it was there, but oh, don't hate me for this, but it was kind of a gross one. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not really visualizing where you guys are talking about. Um, red. It's if that. you go into town okay. and where Hygera turns one way going uphill, mm -hmm. um, you're going to hit that block with that. Um, or I'm sorry, not I'm. It's the area kind of where cheap thrills and Captain yeah, Nemo. Yeah, but it's on. Is. It's on oh, the creamery. Yeah, by yeah, the creamery. Exactly. The creamery. And yeah. there was yeah. that. It's that like street to street lot, and they had. Uh, yes. It, it had space rentals going on in there. Yes. Yes. So I guess they. I don't. I don't remember. I remember it was set up to be a really contentious thing. To, yeah. To get to chase out the uh, residents of that spot, I wonder if they ended up having to buy them out. You know, I think in some cases financial incentives to encourage yeah. them to go. But um, so yeah, they're building and it's it's going in. There's yeah. an 18 unit condo project going in over Podium Deck right there, and a builder in town is putting that together. They're doing a lot of restaurant remodel right now at the Creamery. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And one of my favorite sushi places in there, Goshi Sushi, shut down for three weeks or so to do some remodeling. I wish that would be like announced better, you know? Yeah. Not when you show up for lunch. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Did you duck into Mama's Meatballs? I think we went to the Mexican place instead, which was good. I went there a couple weeks ago. It yeah. was very good. I'm blanking on the name right now, unfortunately. Uh, Sorry, everyone. But yeah, it's it's right behind Chapino. And and uh, anyways, the, the point is with these these units coming up in the next three years, the city is going to have a lot of decisions to make for the next 30 years. So um, make sure to be reading the Tribune and get involved in what's happening. Um, for this show, I think the cool thing about what's happening here is that we're going to start seeing the effect of what we've been talking about for the last four years. Not enough units built in California by builders, period. I think we're over a million behind. And we get to see what that inventory does to our community right are the people going to start moving up you know we're going to have a realtor on the show the second half of the show today Lindsay harn with richardson properties she'll be talking about that scenario you know what inventory will do if you start to list how to move up it should be exciting i've already been thinking about what i want to talk to Lindsay about today i bet you have i'm excited about it well yeah and i was at a a real estate office this week where um somebody started popping off about inventory Inventory is like going through the roof right now, relatively so. Interesting. So anyhow, yeah, a little bit of extra inventory. Um, so I want to know, is that true? Yeah. You know, can't just accept the premise as, as true. Uh, but then additionally, this is getting to the time of year. Uh, well, I suppose there's a lot about this time of year, but 
But here's where I was thinking. Um, we're just now getting into the point right now where we're going to start see um, how these rates are affecting things. Meaning how the pricing, uh, home purchase demand. Yeah, because, well, um, I, I clipped this little dealio this week, was talking about, uh, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, since they're still in conservatorship, we have great access to all their data. Um, and there was just a little bit talked about this week where um, one in five conventional home loans completed this winter went to borrowers paying more than 45% of their monthly incomes towards their mortgage debt. Mm -hmm. Towards their mortgage debt. That's not their That's additional. not even the overall debt to income ratio. That's the like the front end ratio. So you got a lot of people that are stretched really high. thin. And so here's here's my point. Right. If you came in and you were, you know, single friends, husband and wife, whatever, you came in and said, hey, we're ready to buy a home. Mm -hmm. um, and what's our maximum qualification? You know, maybe, maybe you both work for Caltrans. So it's a W-2. It's very predictable. I can lay it out and say, well, at today's interest rate, which this week, we can talk a little bit more about this going forward, but this week you're looking at interest rates near four and three quarters. Mm-hmm. So you line all that out and say, well, hey, well, at this rate, you can afford $550,000 house. That mm -hmm. puts you at the top end of your approval um, at a 49% debt to income ratio. We're just right there. Mm -hmm. Don't go more. Don't don't go any higher than 550. And then you check back in and rates are higher. What happens? Something's got to give. That's right. You know, the payment, what you qualify for is a function of, you know, there's there's three moving parts. Slide this lever, you know, mm -hmm. slide that lever, and you've got how much you borrow, the time in which you have to repay it, and then the rate at which you borrow. That's correct. So if one of those goes up, you know, rates goes up, boom, that's going to have an effect on the payment, which yep. is then needs to factor into the debt to income ratio. It could change your qualification. It very well could. So in that case, you know, I was like, it basically this all started again around the first of the year. Mm -hmm. So now here we are out here um, going through April. And so this is it. These next home reports, these are the ones I'm excited about. Pending home sales, these numbers that tell us about how quickly things are flying off the market. Inventory is, if it is true that inventory's up a little bit right now, is it because interest rates are up right. a little bit? Right. Is it just because we're getting home buying season and it's time to start getting ready for that? Um, right, because let's just define inventory, right? It's not like a new home just came out of a box and it's ready. It's houses on the market for sale yeah. that will close in the next 60 days. Is that the... Well, I think is, it, it, a, is it, there a time frame? Like, how do you determine? I don't, there's not even necessarily a time frame. Now, when you're looking at like how many months of inventory you have, then you do need to define the rate at which they're being absorbed, right? But in our case, inventory is just what's available mm -hmm. and, you know, sprinkled around the city or county, whatever it is that you care about. Um, 
word on the street is that those inventory numbers for San Luis Obispo are on the climb. And so I'm just curious, you know, as the other thing is just that rates with rates going up and property values being so high, um, are people beginning to feel like it's a, a fine time to sell and, and rake all that money in? Yep. Obviously the answer probably is different for different people. Um, it's probably, um, some combination of all of those forces, Mm -hmm. you know, I've also read that the cost to build is, is increasing as well. Yeah. With items of inflation. Oh, attaching to that market. And the other interesting thing right now too, is that, um, we know we're in an, an increasing interest rate environment. That's very difficult to argue against that. Rates are going up right now. We know that. In fact, the Fed continues to use the phrase normalizing because they want you to understand that this is not just that they're going up for sake of going up. They're going back to normal. Mm-hmm. And we've been off of normal for so long. We've had we've had policy holding rates down for a decade now. Mm -hmm. And so now that we're seeing rates normalize, but anyhow, capturing some headlines this week, New York fed president Dudley said that he believes the neutral policy rate is around 3%. 3% is still a point and a quarter higher. That's a one and a quarter from here. Yeah. Which if you want to just, just line that right out and say that everything proportionally just rises all the same. That's a description of interest rates at five and three quarters to 6% for a 30 year fixed. Yeah. So then what, then what? And so this is the other thing I was going to say, maybe you're, maybe you're a move up buyer right now. You want to sell your home and get into the next house. Feels like the right time to do it. Better do it before you are staring down the barrel of 6% interest rates. Cause that sure seems like that's what's coming. Yeah, there's a neutralizing effect happening, though. You know, we have to watch this. You hear this. It's such an academic term, but you hear it in financial news, especially this week, the flattening of the yield curve, right? Sure. And and I don't even know that I'm qualified enough to explain what that means. But I do know that that means that that we should see that graph continuing to climb at a, you know, 30 to 45 degree angle. Flattening means that we might be checking the economy enough with these rates to say, hey, maybe we should slow down a bit. But the Fed, as a group, doesn't all agree that rates should go up. I no. mean, that's why we have a group. It's, is... like, it's like the Supreme Court. We can't just have one judge say, yeah, that's the law now. Right. Um, yeah, there are voting members and non-voting members. Of course, they get together, they meet and from talk about these things. Of life. Talking, and from different parts of the country, focusing on, you know, where you have kind of a, a, a different vantage point of economies and, you know, certain job markets are going to be more prominent in certain places. So they, they get a pretty good view of it. Yeah. There's a little bit of talk there about, you know, but, but my, my gut and, you know, and I read these reports every, every time they come out, but my gut tells me for every one there is that thinks we should have an extra rate hike this year. There's someone who says, let's not go too fast. So, um, that being said, this hike that we got last time was unanimous, I believe. So, um, mm-hmm. we're in this position right now where we got to expect interest rates are going higher. Mm-hmm. You, you got to, if you're not planning on that, you're silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they are, 
Yeah, they're, they are. We felt it this week. This week was an interesting one, too. We kind of got bludgeoned a little bit in the interest rate market. I think it was mostly due to just a little de-escalation, you know, with some of the, the fears over Syria and Russia. Um, Plus, we got oil on the rise and coupons are coming on the table again. So it just makes for an interesting week. Why felt, we- felt like the... Um, our little buddy from North Korea was kind of calming down a little bit. He, in fact, even went on record this week to say he would stop doing the, the, the nuclear testing. Feels like he had a good week, right? You know those weeks you have where you're just like happy all the time. I had a good re- I had a good week, except for the the ten year bond yields. Um, gonna go try to test that three percent mark again. So we're definitely seeing interest rates work their way to the top side of the range that we've had. In the, in the most recent, you know, I don't know, we'd have to look it up now for sure, but six years, seven years, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, testing that top part of the range. There's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. It's, it, you know, and at the same time, I'm hanging, just waiting, probably like a lot of people. I want to see the jobs report for this month too. Absolutely. You know, that's that's going to come out in a Thursday couple of Wednesday. weeks. Last month was jobless, terrible. Yeah. So anyhow, there's, it feels like there's a lot in flux. It does feel like things were relatively good this week. I, I'll three cheers for no more bombs, no more nuke testing, uh, and you know, calming down. Yeah, Putin said he'd like to have better relations with the U.S. So I think that's all sounds positive to me. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna do first commercial break here of the show. Take some time out to thank the sponsors. And when we be back, we have uh, another half hour here of Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. With trade wars escalating, the market is seeing some serious volatility. Are you nervous? With banks not paying anything on their CDs, where can you put short-term funds for decent growth? Look no further than Century Financial Consultants. We have a new five-year guarantee product paying 3.6%. This product is tax-deferred unlike a traditional CD, and your rates won't change like an indexed annuity. You're guaranteed. Contact Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 324-7914. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Loan. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018-39608. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. You're tuned into Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800 549 5832 Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Turn my mic on when I was still talking. Made me look bad. So unprofessional. Yeah. I should have been paying close yeah. attention. Clearer, I? Jason. Clear. <laughs> All right. Um, Mike and I were just talking through the break. Is what happened, and then the break went by so quick. I kind of meant to go get some fresh coffee, but I guess we'll do that at the half. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the half, did you watch the Cavs last night? Yeah, how about that? 17 points ahead at the half and then... And then had to shoot a, a prayer three that didn't even hit the rim to try to win it. Mm. Lost. In, so excited. In Indiana. Um. Anyhow, Mike and I were talking through the break um, about jumbo loans and um this is this get talked about a lot around around our neck of the woods and you probably heard me say we should probably shy away from that there's there's a little bit of confusion i think about what the law specifically states uh versus what banks are willing to do in terms of when you must get a jumbo loan i mean we know when you must right is when you're when your balance is higher than the 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 county's Conforming high balance. Correct. Limit. Yeah. So then you must, because you're, you're going to hit that maximum loan amount. And if you're greater than that and still looking for money, you're into the true jumbo. But there becomes this gray area where um, maybe your loan amount fits into um, one of the conforming loan amounts with that, you know, with the temporary increase. So we got this conforming loan limit around here that um, especially for a lender out of the area might believe that also is a good jumbo limit. And the interesting thing is that some of these companies are so desperate to service these jumbo loans that they're actually offering lower interest rates than what the conforming loan is. That's right. Usually about a, th- a three ace to a half a point in fee, which means that's almost that's like three on a $630,000 loan. That's $3,000 cheaper at closing. And it's darn near darn near an eighth of a point lower in interest rate. So it's all, about all what things you have equal, to make it's getting for. pretty close. Mm-hmm. But so here's the deal. If, if you came on into my office and I'd punch up your scenario 
for something in San Luis Obispo mm-hmm. for five hundred and seventy-five grand. Mm-hmm. The purchase is just to be clear, just a loan amount. Okay, the loan a amount. loan amount of five seventy-five. That would technically be eligible. You're still forty thousand dollars below the loan limit in this county, but the jumbo loan is going to price better. Correct. So some companies won't allow you to do that because it becomes a a steering. But in this case, really, um, steering is an interesting thing. Uh, if you're if the borrower is truly benefiting, getting mm-hmm. that lower rate or getting those lower fees or both over the conforming loan. It's a weird thing that that would happen that way. And, uh, but if they are, then is that a problem? And that's the thing, you know, that, that was my word of saying, you know, I, I don't know that to be sure. Um, there's been so much historical precedent set where it's quite the opposite. You know, we saw a lot of this pre-recession where people would qualify for a conventional loan. Mm-hmm but be steered into an Alt-A or subprime loan mm-hmm. because the the terms were more favorable to the lender or the loan officer. That's obviously not good. Um, and there's some laws in place now to prevent that. We did chain ma- massive overhaul of loan officer compensation. Anti-steering agreements are now part of every loan file. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a lot of that has been handled, but... It's a it's an interesting phenomenon right now that we've got these jumbo loans that are pricing better than conforming loans. So well, I I mean kind of talk about that for a minute. Why would a company do that? Why would a company price differently? Well, just why would I offer you a better deal on your jumbo loan than I would give you for your conforming loan? Because at least in theory, the conforming loan is more liquid. The guidelines are uniform. I can sell this loan, assign it, transfer it. It's it's got um, it's got a guarantee on it. Mm-hmm. So if I if I suffer losses for making the conforming loan, this conventional loan, then I've got some protection. Mm-hmm. It's really just a, it it's it's almost the ideal transaction. And then the flip side of the coin is on your jumbo loan. See, there's a jumbo. Um, you know, call these things black label. You get to kind of do what you want to do. And we, we know there's a couple of jumbo lenders out there. Their guidelines are different from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but on some of these jumbo loans, if you get a jumbo loan, um, just doesn't quite fit the normal guidelines. It's not as liquid. It isn't guaranteed. That's correct. So in theory, then that is translate lower liquidity and greater risk should translate into higher interest rate yet we're in this place in the economy where banks and investors that we're using are saying hey um we'll give you the pricing to to let you know that that's what we want we we prefer the jumbo loan over the conventional loan right now Um, i mean i've always said investors and banks they they demonstrate their their appetite for these things with their price. So when you see the pricing better on the jumbo, um, why? I think there's two reasons. I mean, first reason we've talked about it in the last month on the show more than once, the lenders in the conventional conforming space are cannibalizing each other. 
I mean, the amount of profit they're making on these loans is like, what was it, less than 500 bucks a loan? When it's all said and done and they pay uh, The average costs. right now is like 711 which is down from almost $1,400 per loan. Okay, so maybe that's why I had the five in my head, half of what it was. Yeah. They, they have to keep operating staff on. There's marketing flyers. There's marketing people going out to meet guys like us at Central Coast Lending telling us to bring us their loans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At the jumbo price point and in that market... Isn't it true that most of these banks continue to service their loan and will not sell off the loan? They don't have to. Um, and I think a that, lot of them do. Uh, so I think it's a couple things. I mean, number one. What does it cost to sell to a servicer? I don't know, but that's got to be a cost of doing business. When you, sell, when you sell off the loan, you're losing some of your profit margin if you were to keep it. And manage it and have you the can, operating staff. But now, but now you have some operational costs in servicing that loan. But I think first is um, in an increasing interest rate environment and an environment where profit margins are under great pressure. We know that in the mortgage business, profit margins are under huge pressure right now. Uh, we're seeing mortgage layoffs and company failures are already beginning and it's it's expected to be tenfold by the end of the year. We're going to see a lot of headlines about that for things to come. If you don't think come. that's not going to increase the interest rates, you're crazy. I mean, but so on the jumbo loans, um, if you're competing and winning in that space, you're getting greater loan amount per transaction. So in theory, you're kind of maximizing that servicing value and maybe even potentially the profit because you have a, you know, a greater loan amount per transaction, right? Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Second is oftentimes these loans are handled by banks, right? So, I mean, and even us, the, the jumbo loans that we have, we sell to banks that are typically just full on normal retail banks. So if they make you a jumbo loan and win your business, they have an increased likelihood of getting other business from you at that point. Maybe you'll Interesting. open up a checking account and do direct deposit with them. In fact, it's common on a lot of these jumbo loans where they'll give you a quarter of a percent better if you open up an account with them and begin, you know, open up a qualifying account with direct deposit. So it's a, it's sure, a way that... I was just going to add, isn't it... I'm interjecting, I know, but I, I need to know this. Is it because they usually can only lend out so much against what their deposits are? Is that the... That's a big part of it. Okay. Sure. Yeah, those leverage so ratios is what of... you're describing. And, okay. and yeah, under um, some of the financial reform, we did find that those leverage ratios are down. But also, um, you know, I think these banks, they, they have a quest to want to be your one-stop shop. They'd love for you to have your checking account, your savings account, your CD. You know, mm -hmm. heck, they'll even sell you life insurance anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's a... The financial services package for a borrower, and then also think about this, for a jumbo loan, it's usually an affluent borrower, right? They've got money. They, they have to They're living satisfy. in a house that's greater than, you know, the conforming loan limit. So they're they're demonstrating a, that they're they're operating at a little bit higher level. So that's that's also part of it. The other thing I think that's going on too is there's a just that long-term servicing, you know, yep. in this environment where interest rates are going up and we know it, some of these loans are likely to stick around. They may mm -hmm. stick around. Like, I mean, before the break, I just said, 
interest rates are expected to be normal mm-hmm. at five and three quarters to six percent. Um, you know, over the course of the next year or two, it may take us to get there. But if you have a six percent loan, a six percent market, and you have a jumbo loan from right now that you got a better deal on than conforming loans, you got something at the mid fours for a jumbo loan. Fantastic, right? That's a loan. Um, tuck that thing right into the portfolio. It might stick around for yep. a good long while. Um, you know, as absolutely as opposed absolutely. to when you're in a declining interest rate environment, you don't want to pay a premium for those big loan amounts. They may refi, and and you know that they run off by leaving the portfolio. It, it, uh, you know, they're undependable to be around for a long time. So it's all of those things. That's a very good point from the risk management side of, of things. If you ban, as you manage the bank's assets, you're right. That's like having a solid corporate bond in your portfolio. Yeah. Cause they're, um, they're not likely to run off. And so for those and they're reasons, tied to great properties, most likely there's X amount down. That's right. They're usually a bit more luxurious. I don't want to categorize all jumbo loans, go to luxurious loans. Houses. No, it depends what we're talking about. Let I me mean, go look at San Francisco. Right, right. You can find yourself in a That's jumbo loan in a house you don't even want to take the, your shoes the new, off the on. The new normal loan is jumbo. But if you need a jumbo <laughs> loan, I mean, around here, I'm not going to make fun of Los Osos, but a jumbo loan in Los Osos is getting you a pretty swank house. Right. So very different depending on market. Um, but, you know, that's the... That's the deal. So if you have a jumbo loan, and and here's the other thing too that's fascinating. Mm. When the jumbo loans were coming out a few years ago, arms were like the nibble, right? Oh, we have an adjustable rate loan for you and it's at four and a half percent. And, you know, if you owed a million bucks and especially if you needed to refi or something, that was like, okay, that's pretty good because- that market was frozen and locked down for years. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to do jumbo loans. So now that market's back. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You, you have access to it. Many of these jumbo loans now are 30-year fixed. So I think for some of the listeners that bared with us through this topic, if you have a jumbo loan right now that's an adjustable rate loan, might be a good time to call in and take a look at getting a better deal. 100%. Um, if you're involved in a transaction right now where you're getting um, you're getting an offer for a jumbo loan, might want to give us a call and get us let us quote it for you. Like Mike said, we are seeing some jumbo interest rates that are lower than our conforming interest rates. Yep. Weird, but take advantage of it. And by the way, not every bank's going to do that. You know, I said, this is always the softball for us. Uh, Throw it up and smash it. Um, This is why our version of doing this business is so superior. Yep. We have 50 banks that we have approvals with, so we can offer everything they have. And I love to just throw this out because people say, well, yeah, but how can you beat Quicken? They're so cheap. We have Quicken. We've had Quicken for a decade. We don't do loans with Quicken because they're not the lowest or best. Right. Um, The banks that we have that beat Quicken and beat Cash Call, um, these are companies typically that don't have retail presence, so they want you to go through a company like ours. So, anyhow, yeah, it cuts down on their marketing budget, right? And now they yeah, can and their overhead, profit. right? 
So anyhow, um, I'm ready. I'm so glad you mentioned just really quick though, um, before we get off this topic, in the move up scenario that everyone's probably going to go through when you sell your house this year and try to replace it with something else, you might downgrade. But if you move up, look at, you know, you're going to take all your proceeds. A lot of people take all their proceeds, put it into the next house, keep a little bit back. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take the, take the liquidity you get from selling the house minus all the expenses, move it right over back into equity in the real estate market. Think about it. If you've got, if you're putting down 25% and you're just underneath this loan limit of 615 250 here in our county, think about putting 20% down, keeping a little bit more cash, excel, no, excuse me, jumping up into the jumbo market, right? To get a better Getting rate. yourself a better rate. That money you hold back, that now meets the reserve requirements. Guess what? You got a 720 FICO score better. You just got yourself a better loan purely out of strategy. Well, in most loans today, be it... A, a conventional loan or a jumbo loan, if you fire some cash back at the loan, they generally will let you recast it most of the That's time right. for no cost. So now you're showing my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, I, I think it's just an interesting thing to point out that those are the, those are the kind of strategies. And these are the things too. These are one of many reasons why I know um, we're not going to get replaced by people you know, pushing the rocket button. Right. Um, right. These kind of strategies and careful considerations are what you get out of a true loan professional that is always trying to figure out not only how to be successful at completing the transaction, but also about how to get it done in a way that um, everybody wins, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's a, I guess, as long as we're talking about our business and the structure of our business, um, the other thing too is that we're so motivated to do a good job and to get it done. Uh, Mike, Mike is a like um, a lot of the people at Central Coast Lending that are on the sales side. No salary, no safety net. Mm -hmm. um, I'd I'd say uh, you get paid when. And only when you're 100% successful That's right. in doing what you said you were going to do. Every week's a final exam week. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty cool thing. You know, as I, I don't want to pick on the local banks. There's a couple of them that I like and a couple of them that I despise. Um, Fair. But if you find a loan officer in there that's on salary... And then you come in with, uh, you know, I got X, Y, and Z, and I got this on my credit, and I got this, you know, income thing, and that, you know, they're like, oh, right, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's three o'clock, you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be on vacation on Monday and Tuesday, so I just, I don't know, I don't think there's anything here, Mike, you know, you got, you probably want to go spend a little time, take care of that, that income issue or that credit issue, and you know, come, come back a little bit later. Those, those kind of things happen, but those then discussions in, happen every day. Additionally, um, we had a, we had a caller this week into the office that, um, is a real estate agent up in the North County called on behalf of his mother, who's a restaurant owner mm -hmm. and needed to do a refi. I think, <clears throat> I don't remember if I, th I think had two private liens against a piece of property, right? 
um, both north of 7%. Ooh. Yeah, high, right? Fun now. Um, That's astonishing. Owns a, owns a local restaurant and have pretty good cash flow through the restaurant, mm-hmm. but it doesn't end up showing the kind of income you'd need to qualify for a traditional loan. Um, one of the products that we have is a bank statement product Mm -hmm. where we can total up the deposits into your business bank statement and give you credit right out of the gate for 50% of the business um, deposits and then use that to set up your debt-to-income ratio. If you qualify, then there you go. Um, It's a little bit higher interest rate than than a conventional loan. However, it's not 7%. No. So... And it you know, gets you on that track, right? To maybe have a discussion and get into conventional in the next two or three years. Yeah. Should you want to do that? Should you so choose? Um, but you know, point being, I, I, that's a just another one of those perks of the company we have that does that mm-hmm. is not the same company we have that's offering these smoking rates on jumbo loans that are beating conforming loans. That is right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're. Not only are you working with somebody that's highly motivated to get her done, right. but also have access to everything that's out there. Pretty cool. I think of us like uh, when I was in college, this was over 10 years ago, real popular game, video game that is, was James Bond, mm-hmm. 007. You had all these weapons that you could pull up, you know, like when you were playing against other characters in the game. And I'm telling you this because when I go through my day, I kind of think of like, that's who I am as the loan officer. Like I need, I need to use this bomb for this file. I need this one's easy. Just an arrow, bow and arrow will do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but everyone's have water. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we have the voodoo that we do at Central Coast Lending is designed. I mean, it was designed this way to have the gamut where if you like trust and want to do business with your loan officer, we've got the product for you. I think that's different than most places here in town. There's a lot of people that do what we do, right, Jason? There's a lot of brokers, but yeah, I think we tend to um, take the consulting approach and apply what we know to the solution. Well, we have to, right? We're not I, we're not Wells Fargo, um, and it's not just because of that steering thing you mentioned earlier. No, it's a it's the point is is that we've got to add the value somewhere. Right. And usually I think when you're competing against a company like that, you know, use Quicken as an example, mm-hmm. they, they advertise everywhere. Everybody knows who they are. It's probably three-year-olds that can pick out the Quicken logo. Um, they're all over the place. And consequently, when you use Quicken, you pay for that, that marketing. Where do you think that comes from? Um, it comes from the profit off of the loans generated. Mm-hmm. And we know from earlier in the show that the loans – the profit per loan is down half at that level of game. So those those you know quick in type of companies, they're struggling right now. And um, you know anyhow, it's a it, it's a neat thing to be structured this way. Um, most of the time, there are a couple of uh, lenders around that are still privately held. Um, but the privately held mortgage company, that's the one that has the, like, we do what we want to do. We work with the banks we want to work with. We cut the ones we don't want to work with. Mm-hmm. We try to have a roster of companies that make us look good and that give us the greatest deals and have the, the best interest rate and the lowest closing costs and can get, you know, have all of the product offering that we need to have. 
other times you have companies and and pre-recession there was a lot of companies that were just brokers or they were maybe even a privately held mortgage company but when the going got tough they they folded into one of the big boys right they became a net branch of someone they're mm-hmm. an i mortgage they're home they're street. they're opes they're home street mm-hmm. they're they're that now and um i'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing but it's it was probably most of the time a, a point of necessity for them. Sure, you know to get under the the Absolutely. wing of the big boy to kind of weather the storm a little bit. And and once you go that way, it's next to impossible to come out of it. So we're just lucky that we started our business ten years ago, when everyone else was cutting back advertising and you know downsizing from a Ferrari right. back to a Honda. Um, we didn't have advertising. We never had a Ferrari. You know, we yep. were, we just, we were entering the space where when others were cutting back, we were coming out. And so, you know, good timing. I'm not going to sit here and try to make it sound like 2008 was the best time to start a mortgage company because it was also a, a pretty tough time in the economy. I However, there were moments when you were thinking, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember my mother calling me, which was particularly interesting because I was, you know, I've been, I'd been married for, you know, a, quite a while, 10 years with, I had two kids and my mom called me, what are you doing? Why, why would oh, you be man. doing this? You need a job, not a, not a dream. And I'm like, I think you're right. I think, <laughs> but I'm, this is what I'm doing right now. And I'm kind of all in mom. I just yeah. cashed in my retirement. Please so don't call me like this gonna, again. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the next conversation just to be real confident in me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I'm partners with Dan Podesto, right? right. This is going to work. <laughs> this is going to work. Uh, All right. We got to do the top of the hour break here. Then we have a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters. We're going to be joined by a guest. That's correct. Lindsay Harn of Richardson, Richardson Properties. Properties. Super excited about this. I think many people do know Lindsay by name now. Mm-hmm. Um, so much experience in transaction and, and just... Uh, Brings a wealth of experience to show. I was excited to talk about some of these inventory things and challenges. Uh, looking forward to that. So go Please fresh in the around. coffee, water the dog, do whatever you got to do. But just be back in about five minutes here for the next hour of Mortgage Matters. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Music, I hate this music. Yeah, sorry. That's the crummy Grateful Dead. All jazzy. The Grateful Dead because the Grateful Dead plays everything, every genre, everything. So whenever somebody tells me I don't like the Dead, I just I'm like, can you just say you haven't been properly exposed? You still like Grateful Dead? Best band ever. All right. (laughs) Oh, dude. Certainly the best band ever is ACDC. Right, Jim? You are. Yeah, I would have to say. I would have to say. I don't know which one of you is more ridiculous right now. 
All right. I know that was two thirds majority here. ACDC. I, I mean, Lindsay can chime in if she likes. Lindsay, I'll have to be the tiebreaker. Right. I'm staying out of it. <laughs> I guess at least, thank God you didn't say Nickelback. I would literally, uh, yeah. I would be <laughs> out of here, man. That's all for today, folks. Yeah. All right, guys. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. We got this whole hour with you until 11. We we picked up some company here in the studio because Mike and I were just having trouble keeping it alive, to be honest Thanks with you. Thanks for just coming in. Droning on and on. But now we have Lindsey Harn with us from Richardson Properties. Very excited about that. Welcome. Good morning. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um. So... You've been in the business since 2008 as well? I know. I heard you guys talking about it. So we've we've been through the storm. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And I notice also, too, that you're not 60 years old. So you're like the, the new guard of real estate agent, the young professional. Yeah, not what? 60 yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well below. Um, what's uh, How did you end up in this crazy business? Well, that's a great question. Um, I graduated Cal Poly, like a lot of people here in San Luis Obispo, and was not quite sure uh, where my career was going to go, but I figured I would hang out here for a little while and and figure that out. So um, did some nonprofit work with Big Brothers Big Sisters and uh, picked up an internship at a local real estate office and started filling flyer boxes and taking photos of the listings uh, back there in 2008. And uh, things have definitely changed <laughs> wow. since then, 10 years ago. Yeah. Right, indeed. And I think that, you know, I have to say, I have a, a friendly relationship with Chris Richardson. Um, I know his dad somewhat, like we'd say hi at each other because of my um, participation on the Home Builders Association. But, um, I mean, Chris is, I, w- I don't want to say all real estate all the time, but he has got such a great ability to understand the future of real estate. He's not just looking at houses today. You know, he really sees the market for the opportunities. I love that about him. Yeah, absolutely. I I joined Richardson Properties back in March and it it's just been a phenomenal experience so far. And, you know, I basically eat <laughs> eat eat and sleep real estate myself. And so being around other like minded professionals and, and getting to see their vision and mm-hmm. everything that they've done here locally uh, is it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What well, part of the county I'm I'm we're gonna narrow in on this thing because I'm starting to look at some stuff over here on my side. I I wanted to ask you some real estate questions obviously, but what part of the county are you do you work? Would you work all Ab- of it? Absolutely. So my main office is here in San Luis Obispo. We've got an office in Templeton and then an office at the lake. And the nice thing about uh, today's real estate business is I've got my laptop and my cell phone, so I, I can literally work anywhere. Um, but I do specialize in San Luis Obispo County. I, I haven't uh, ventured south or, or north of that. So so anything in San Luis Obispo County, I'd be more than happy uh to help help you out or answer any questions. Have you noticed any kind of recent shift in the market or does it feel like it's just doing what it's been doing for the last few years? You know, um, the inventory is still quite low in most of the, the markets here in San Luis Obispo County. I was pulling up some market stats for last month and in San Luis Obispo City, 
the average days on the market for a house was 12 days. Jeez, that is so low. Yeah. You don't even have time to sleep on it, huh? You need to see it and get your offer in. Absolutely. And of course, that's an average. So there's some properties going to go quicker. Some are going to take a little bit longer. But um, I'd say now more than ever, um, you know, getting pre-approved, obviously, and getting uh, in in touch with an agent that's going to keep you posted on what's coming because... You, you don't have much time to sleep on it, like you said. Yeah. This, these are the markets where you don't you don't need a part-time realtor. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm part-time. I'm full-time and a half. <laughs> right. I, I always joke, the, the lending business is great because you only have to work half days. It's amazing. I mean, you can pick the first 12 hours or the second 12, but you only do half days. So it's really, uh, uh, uh. really lucrative. That's actually pretty accurate some days. Last night I was at dinner. I had to excuse myself because uh, clients of mine weren't exactly sure how to complete a signature form. And they were worried about the timing because, as you know, timing is a factor in real estate transactions and finishing on time is preferred. Absolutely. Last week, I guess it was Friday. Last Friday, I was with my wife. It uh, was one of these things where wife and all the gym friends, they're super tight, but none of the husbands really like know each other or hang out. Oh, so the social have, experiments. Yes, we had when the awkward the- barbecue where all the husbands come, right? What so do you do? What do you do? Your wife goes to the gym? Cool. My yeah, wife goes to the gym. And so um, I, end, I find myself <laughs> on the phone at like 9 o'clock on Friday yeah. night over in the corner of the yard. I had... Um, I was trying to, oh, these poor people. As you guys know, real estate is like at times just crisis management. And Mm -hmm. um, we had just a series of if-thens cascading. And they were in this position where they were trying to make sure that they had enough money to meet the down payment, closing costs, um, but also a, a freshly imposed reserve requirement on an FHA loan. There's not usually any reserve requirement whatsoever, but we got into the manual underwrite world for a variety of reasons, and that has a three-month reserve requirement. And so they got an email earlier in the day that made it sound as though they needed to write a check for an additional 11,000 bucks. And we were rubbing pennies together to get to the down payment. Mm -hmm. So I called both, you know, husband and wife and said, Hey, uh, I talked husband, all good, and when wife gets around this evening, I I want to be able to tell her this because it's Friday. I don't need you guys tripping all weekend or her worrying if she got the story correct from you or you're just doing that husband thing where you say, it's all okay. So I was like, when you get there, call me. So there I am, corner of the yard. It's like after 9 o'clock at night, and I'm over there in the dark. Okay, this is how it works. Um, and we it worked out, right? And yeah. But yeah, crazy. You're none of the other guys were on the phone. Mm-hmm. No, like there was a there was a cop and um, at the barbecue. Yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, cop, a, a contractor, a pool guy. You know, and then the, here's the lone guy over here. Just yeah, never know when you have to get into it. Well, I think it's you know we all understand, L- Lindsay. I've seen you do this multiple times in transactions that. You know, you don't, there's phone calls you don't really have to take right away because people are just asking a question, you can get back to them, but there's also discussions that need to be had because of things that change in the transaction. 
you know, like an appraisal that comes back under value. Right? Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> I, I heard you guys earlier. I mean, is Quicken Loans going to be taking a call at nine o'clock on a Friday night? I, I mean, I, I I certainly can't imagine it, not in my experience. And so I, I think no. uh, the customer service factor is huge because like like you mentioned, those people probably weren't going to sleep all weekend they were if have you a hadn't gotten back weekend. to them. And as an agent, those kinds of things, I, I feel so much for my clients. And so, you know, hats off to you yeah. for really doing whatever it, it took to put them at ease and, and make sure that they knew what was going on and didn't have that anxiety carry over totally. till Monday. It's funny, um, back when Mike was, was just a civilian, mm-hmm. I helped you guys buy a home. That's right. That's very stressful, right? It, it was. <laughs> I don't. I think. I think it could have been more stressful. Yeah, but it's a it's a big deal, and there's lots of moving parts, and you really end up, I think, just having to completely trust the person that you're working with. Um, I mean, I know for me, like I, I bought a new home a year ago. I own a stinking mortgage company. You know how stressed out I am? Like through the whole thing. It's just I know I know where the problems pop up. I know where they are. And then when you know, and I was selling a home too, so I know what all those things are. And it is stressful even when you well know what's under the hood of the thing. So it's a I think there's a high level of responsibility to to coddle, especially first time home buyers, but really anybody going through the process. It's yeah, hard. Absolutely. And I and I think no matter how experienced you are and no matter how smooth the transaction's going, anxiety is normal. You're, you're packing up a house you've lived in for 10 years and you're moving into a brand new one and everything has to, there's so many things out of your control. Even if you're handling the mortgage perfectly, yeah. there's all these other people involved that you have no control over. And so it, it is a nerve wracking experience no matter emotional how. Emotional too. Absolutely. Just emotional. I remember even too, like getting the request for repairs. I'm like, really? These guys <laughs> made my house sound like a dump. We really wanted everything, you know, put a new light bulb in the ceiling fan of bedroom three. I'm like, I go in there. I'm like, there's four bulbs. I guess one of them's out, you know, wow. replace this, get the garage door serviced, you know, fix this, fix that. And I'm like, do you even want my house? Just, <laughs> you know, getting angry. But then at the same time, I'm filling out a request for repairs on the house I'm buying. Mm -hmm. Well, they did it to me. So now I'm like, the door's chipped on bedroom two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's differences between the emotions for a buyer and a seller, right, Lindsay? Absolutely. You help them both. I know that you're great at listing. I'm curious to see how you prep your clients that are about to list their house and not just list their house, get a good value for their house that they've lived in, but the transition into the next home. I mean, you've got to, you've got to help. You've got to basically be their support group for both transactions Abs- as they're selling something and they're buying. How does that go? Absolutely. The kind of concurrent transactions, you know, I want to downsize into a one story, but I really don't want to buy a house without selling mine first. Right. But I also don't want to sell my house and have to be quote unquote homeless or, or not know where I'm going right. um, while I look for the right property to come up. So it, it's definitely a, a juggling act. And I think in a situation like that, you know, who you work with in terms of agent and lender matters more than ever because right. it really is. And a, escrow too. Yeah. Escrow. It's nice to have escrow control both when you can. Oh, absolutely. Because 
that is a nerve-wracking situation. And I mean, I am always putting myself in, in the individual shoes and saying, hey, I am not going to allow you know you to be homeless, but how can we work together to, to make sure this process goes as, as smooth as possible? And that's right. like when we were having lunch yesterday, we had talked about some pretty cool options where mm-hmm. we can actually help the homeowner purchase the next one Mm -hmm. while we get their home on the market so that there can be that overlap potentially so that they can have a smooth process and and not have to pack up and move all in one day. Let's talk about that a little bit Um, because I do. I think there's a few approaches to how that works. Um, What's your preferred way of handling that? Be honest. (laughs) <laughs> well, all cash purchase and I, mean, I guess specifically i get this 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 happens and i'm sure you do too mike i get this a lot lately though is inventory is pretty tight so you own a home and you've got 150 250 000 equity in it and you need that i mean absolutely at, at the home values around here especially for the move up buyer that's most of their like they don't have oh and I'm gonna add this other hundred grand I managed to save over the last year to my loan that like never happens. Their equity is what I'm moving my equity. I'm moving my two hundred thousand from this house to that house. I'm gonna avoid the PMI, all this kind of thing. So, but but right away, I don't want to sell my house first because then what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna end up homeless or I'm well, you gonna become have to weak. settle. You become weak in the negotiation. Right. And but I don't wanna settle. I don't wanna sell my I le- I like my house. I wish I had one more bedroom, but I love my neighborhood um or my school or whatever. And mm-hmm. I I don't wanna be forced into a position where I'm competing in the rental market. The only thing like worse than the sales market in terms oh of inventory is the rental market. And especially right. if you have a family pets. or whatever, I mean, that's yeah, pets. What a good luck. What a scary thing. So, what do you do then? Right. That's a, a great question, and what I'm seeing a lot of too is just like you said. It's like, well, I've got a three bedroom. I'd really like a four bedroom. So I'm going to kind of start casually thinking about it, and and maybe going to some open houses. You know, maybe meeting with me, and I'm I'm showing a couple homes, you know, over the course of a month or two, and then boom, dream home pops up. And all of a sudden we are on a time crunch because that property is not just their dream home, unfortunately. There's three or four other people going, wow, I can't believe I I can find- neighborhood it's in. Great neighborhood, great finishes. It's got more than the four bedrooms. It's even got an office. I've got right. everything I, I could want and right, more. Right. And, and then have. what do we do? Yep. <laughs> so I say, okay, well, let let me do my job. Let me find out exactly what we can about the owner to see what kind of options they're open to. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, 90% of the time, that owner is not going to be stoked about a contingency offer. Right. So right. I had this transaction, this very transaction happens a lot, but I had this one very recently and um, here's what we did is this buyer, they both had really good jobs and they had some savings. Like, I mean, I think we had 50,000, 60,000 bucks in the banks. So it was definitely not enough to just go out and buy the next house. Mm-hmm. However, with a 5% down approach, I could give them a pre-approval letter, 
to buy this home with 5% down and have mortgage insurance and the whole deal, um, they could carry both payments at the same time. So they technically qualified. And to me, this is kind of an ideal scenario because now they're on their own timeline, right? The problem is there's a little bit of cost to having the mortgage insurance. um, But here's part B to this was... We gave them a pre-approval letter. So now they could literally offer without being contingent. They don't have to sell their home. They qualify for a loan as is. That's awesome. We did a 45-day offer on the home. That got accepted because they it was dream home scenario. So they just went full price. Said, oh, full price, I'm only 5% down. However, um, I need 45 days. That listing agent called me up and said, well, what are you, are you strong with 5% down? I said, actually, yeah, very strong. Um, you know, and this is our game plan. If we can't get the other home sold, it's not contingent. If we can't get it sold, they'll just close with the 5% down, carry two houses for, you know, whatever they need to. However, what we're going to try to do is list their primary now on a 30 day. I mean, really anything less than 45 days, we'll take it. Um, and then we're going to just basically amend the down payment. We're going to say, okay, well, sweet, it, it happened. So now instead of 5% down, we're ready to throw the 200 grand down. And that was exactly what happened in this case. Like you said, um, marketing time of 12 days on market. Yep. <laughs> that, that works to the owner's advantage in that in case. That, case. that really helps you. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like I said, we had a, we had a, a game plan that wasn't contingent upon selling, but selling played perfectly right into our our strategy. Sometimes you can't fit both payments though. So now what? You're going to end up, you know, having to go on a contingent offer, um, you know, or selling and and becoming a tenant to your new owner while you give yourself a little extra time. That's that's common. Yeah. And I actually just had a very similar situation happen. It was Easter Sunday and boom, I got a counter offer on a dream home. And so we go, okay, what's next? And they said, well, we, while technically we qualify, we really don't want to borrow money from family. We really don't want to beg, borrow, and steal from everyone we know just to pull this off. <laughs> and so Easter Sunday, 6 o'clock, I said, well, when, are, when can you be ready for photos? They said, tomorrow at 9 a.m. And so luckily I work with the very best vendors that San Luis Obispo County has to offer because my photographer texted me back Easter Sunday after his family left. Boom, photos at nine on the market nice. by uh, Tuesday morning in time for a caravan. So, you know, it, it is possible if, if you're willing and, and motivated, we can get creative. And, and same thing that we had a, a little bit of a longer escrow, which was totally fine with the seller. And we were able to uh, accomplish what they were looking for. But yeah. I, I know another another scenario I've seen is where perhaps uh, – the owner needs to count rents on their departing residence. They really can't swing both payments. And so, sure. you know, would it be an option to to rent the property out if, you know, say the, the payment's 2500 on their departing residence and, and market rent's 3200 Yep. Maybe they can do a, a five or a ten percent down offer, mm-hmm. get get some some rental income on the property and, until they're in a position to sell it if if it needs to happen sooner. So sure. that that's always um, a strategy. And I think what's great is working with a great team uh, like you and I. I mean, we can put our heads together 
uh, on short notice and go, okay, let, let's see. Option one, they sell their house. Perfect world. Sometimes that's not possible. So, sure. so what's option two? What's option three? Um, let's really work together for our customer to make sure that they know all of their options so that they have, have an opportunity uh, to, to get their dream home. We have a tool. We have a tool in our shed at Central Coast Lending that speaks really to this point. We went out and got it with an investor that allows us to do this. It's a cross collateralization loan. Yep. And it's we talked about this at the beginning of the show, listeners. The it's a jumbo loan, and it's 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 taken back by the bank that allows us to do the loan. But it's so so perfect. It's the plan. I would call it option D because. It's not really like the first thing you'd want to do. You'd want to probably keep both houses, right? Ideally, make it option E because I have an option D. Okay, option E, and then I'll get you. I'll get you (laughs) D really quick. I like all these options. Yeah, that that makes me feel good. (laughs) I talked about this on a lender panel at the Slow Association of Realtors on Tuesday. It's a cross collateralization loan is between two homes: the one you own and the one you're going to procure, pick up this dream home you talk about. The net net equity between the two homes has to be at least 30%. So we can now collateralize on your existing home, the one you haven't listed yet because you don't want to be homeless. We can collateralize the house that you're going to go purchase so that there'll be two. When I go to pull up that title report for your home that you're about to list, there's now two deeds tied to it. One, the house you just purchased 15 days ago, and two, the house that you're trying to sell. You carry this loan amount until such time that you sell the house off. So you when can, you sell house one, right, the entire proceeds of that loan are pledged towards the paydown of is the correct. total loan. So then there's a partial reconveyance allowing house one to be reconveyed to its new owner. Mm-hmm. And then those those monies are applied directly towards the loan amount. And now you have that, you've successfully moved your equity. It's a great product. Lender lets you recast if you want to, meaning you'll reset your, your payment back oh, down. Bring your right. payment down. So so really in that situation, I'm I'm selling my home. Well, I'm buying a home without coming up with all of the cash. You're actually using my equity. That's right. Wow. That's right. Yeah. So I'm not a home cool equity loan. line. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. People are listening. They're like, yeah, I know you can do that, but you can't tell the bank that you're going to sell your house within so amount of time. No, no, no. The bank is like, please sell your house. Let's get this loan. This one's very- I don't want to cross collateralize for two loans. Very clear. Yeah. And in years back, there was bridge loans. Right. Um, And I say years back. There's You can find them very rarely now. This is kind of the modern day answer to the bridge loan. Mm -hmm. Bridge loan, the problem with the bridge loan is that like- uh, Typically, you have to buy an appraisal on both homes, so it's expensive in that regard. They usually charge you points because it's a very short-term loan. Oh. So they'll they'll collateralize two homes, buy two appraisals, pay two points, and then here's the kicker, because all that isn't terrible if you're in that position. That's a good trade for security of not needing to lose your your home and have to settle for something or become a renter. Mm. Um, but generally they're on a they're on like an 18 or 24 month. They want you to sell that first house and then they want you to refi out of it. Mm-hmm. So now you 
Now you pay two Additional points. Fees. So let's say you need to borrow seven hundred grand. You pay fourteen thousand dollars in points plus two appraisals, and then when all the dust settles and you sell home number one, now you have to refi again anyway at another transaction cost. That wow. just becomes cost prohibitive. So that's a that's one of the drawbacks there. But I was going to tell you about another one that I this did. This is option D, people. Option D here. Um, I did one of these recently where a guy. Uh, liquidated a pretty significant chunk of a sizable retirement account. Okay. But the IRS had some Uh, rule that if you put it back in six months. Is it six months or 60 days? In this case, it was six months. I I mean, maybe it changes for everyone. I always have to tell people, go get that help from your tax professional. Make sure you understand this. But took the money out of the IRA, used it for the down payment, sold his house, gave the money back to the IRA without any penalty or fees in having done so. You got to make sure you're going to get it done within that taxable window. Uh, but again, when you're weighing those things out, you got to see what's what's all the options. And that's why this is why we like to do pre-approvals for people. Absolutely, Come in, option A, let's look at that 5%. You know, option B, maybe as a contingency, option C, you know, maybe that cross collateralized loan, maybe borrowing from the 401k. There's just, there's a lot of different ways to line it out, but you got to like spill your financial guts for us to be able to totally go yep. through it, look at all of those things and then say, okay, well, hey, look, you, I know you feel stressed about this, but we got six paths to completion. They all look a little bit different. What do you like the most? What does your agent like the most? Mm-hmm. What's the best way to pitch this whole package to that selling agent? You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot that goes into it, but it makes it fun. Good, Jim's good. giving me the the breaky time look. I want to say something right before we go to the break. Um, obviously, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Lindsey Harn from Richardson Properties. But we've got a seasoned listing agent right here in the studio today, listeners. So if you want to call in and ask questions, it's 543-8830. That's 543-8830. We're going to talk about the move up house. We're going to talk about how you guys help with luxury homes at Richardson Properties. And we're going to talk about why I think you're this one of the nicest gals in real estate, but watch out, you're also a shark. <laughs> oh, so oh, stick yikes. around <laughs> what for a the setup. next half hour. We'll be dun, back dun, with more Mortgage dun, Matters. Dun, dun, dun. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
With trade wars escalating, the market is seeing some serious volatility. Are you nervous? With banks not paying anything on their CDs, where can you put short-term funds for decent growth? Look no further than Century Financial Consultants. We have a new five-year guarantee product paying 3.6%. This product is tax-deferred unlike a traditional CD, and your rates won't change like an indexed annuity. You're guaranteed. Contact Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 324-7914. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Xylophone relevant too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, we're setting up for Touch of Grey. I need the xylophone. Yeah. Actually played that instrument in band in elementary school. I was a percussion guy. Oh, I did yeah. trombone and percussion, and there was a song where I literally had to hit like the little ding ding ding. Xylophone. I bet you're good at that. I mean, it's, it's not like terribly mortgages. hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Refinance. <laughs> uh speaking of refinance so we're talking real estate i know but i also want to tell you i took a loan application this week for a refinance wow right weird huh usually were, <laughs> were you sleeping for all these years that you're finally ready uh two loans on the property first lien um 10 year interest only mm-hmm. that just went up so rode this pup into the dirt Interest rate, 7.0. Ouch. On the interest only. On the correction. Oh, it was seven the whole time. And he just paid interest. Got it. I'm with you. Second lien on the property, 7.75% interest only. What was his loan to value? Oh, right now. Right now. You don't have appraisal yet. With the rate and term of doing up both of them, estimating. Yeah, it's a place in Templeton. So it's about a $600,000 house. So I'm estimating about a 75% loan of value. Payment is going down by $1,000 a month, paying principal and interest. Wow. Wow. Wild, right? So I just want to 
just want to just throw that out there um, because this gentleman came forward. Uh, if you if that sounds familiar to you, if you have interest rates that are seven mm-hmm. or interest only or something funky, you've been hanging on a long time. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are after a lower payment for some reasons. Um, but there's an opportunity to do a 15 year loan where the payment would only go down 200 bucks a month and pay the house off so much faster. Yeah. I mean that, that consumer that does interest only is really thinking cash flow, right? They're not paying down their equity when they make their payment. There's no principal payment. It's just an interest payment. So certainly they're looking more at income statement than balance sheet when they're doing their mortgage. So a 30 year, they weren't looking that close if they didn't refi for all those years. That's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point. So w- the credit can be an issue sometimes. I mean, maybe you got yourself in a foreclosure. That's a seven-year uh, penalty box. It can be. Yeah. You're right about that. You're but even, even if that was the case, and it's not in this situation, but even if it was, FHA loan um, is less than seven years. So maybe may less than ideal when you have that equity, but you still got to look back at the cash flow and make a determination if there's just a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. So just my public service announcement for the day. Um, let's call it just a checkup. Get a mortgage checkup. Don't disqualify yourself from the couch. Don't assume that what you got is good or bad. Don't let one um, bank tell you no. We'll just look at it. We'll just look at it and we'll just say... I would I would stand pat. Well, you got you're doing fine. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Uh, look at it and say, man, there's a, you know, a lot of the time people call. Because I always say, if you have mortgage insurance, that's a great time to just call. Call your agent, figure out what your value is. Call your lender, figure out if there's an option for you. Mm-hmm. Just go start turning over rocks. Um, sometimes I just tell people, yeah, you know, you're just gonna have to stay pat for a little while. Sometimes it's like, no, you, we're not gonna refi you you're going to go challenge your mortgage insurance and, and you're going to do this this way and just get rid of your MI. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess that's the other part. It, it just I just want people to just look into it. Make, I, I love that. It's like you gave them a raise, you know, whether yeah. you helped them get rid of their mortgage insurance or you saved them $1,000 a month. I mean, I'll, I'll take a raise. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so much money, I mean, that's, too. That's impactful. You made what a kind of car difference. can you drive for a thousand bucks a month? American truck, that's for sure. <laughs> Take your pick. I think. Yeah, right, really? yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! For a thousand bucks a month, it probably opens the doors to a lot of. You might even be able to get a Tesla. Or pay, know, pay, your pr- pay your principal down. Here I am, Miss uh, Financial. No, <laughs> I feel the same way. Oh yeah, that no. extra that half of it, five hundred dollar raise. Yeah, five hundred maybe pay down the principal if you're going to yeah, stay for a while. Right? That's why Jay always tries to show the 15 year i've sat in a couple of his presentations but way back when i first started in this business and he's a 15 year fan for sure because it's just if you can afford it sen- right you know course. i i we just used show to, it just i used to it. have a commercial that said yeah I'd refinance for a higher payment people would go what yeah <laughs> this guy's if paying you can money for this it, well sometimes we buy a house right and then we're two three four five six years in Doing better at work, right? I'm, hopefully, everybody's doing better after six years at work. We got a promotion, got mm-hmm. a couple raises. Mm-hmm. Things are going pretty good. You're, if you're comfortable in your bills, um, why not look at something like that? Especially when we went through that season where rates were so stinking low. 
there was there was fifteen year loans that we did for two point six two five percent. That's brilliant. And for a lot of people, um, retirement that window of retirement opens when the house is paid for, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. such. I know it used to be our biggest bill. Now it's probably health insurance, but mm-hmm. you just got to have a plan for that. How are you tackling that? And if you're self-employed, especially getting the house paid off, you know, before you're 80 years old is going to be the only way you're retiring if you're self-employed, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, you know, before the break, we we had, we were chatting with Lindsay Harn here from Richardson Properties and we got onto the topic of the move up home. I think it's also warranted to, to just touch on the fact that there's a lot of people from the north and the south of this state that are selling what I would see luxurious real estate, Bay Area, Los Angeles, and they're wanting to move here. Absolutely. You know, for obvious come and, reasons. Come enjoy the, the San Luis Obispo lifestyle, which right. is a, a much more relaxed pace than a lot of, you know, our feeder markets down in LA and, mm-hmm. and the Bay Area where houses are teardowns are selling for two million <laughs> it's really crazy if you're listening from la or bay area i know you guys this is a good conversation to have but i just want to tell you real quick don't come here it sucks <laughs> the weather sucks you got all this it's really windy. try to drive the 101 south at five o'clock on a friday through shell beach you will wish you never came right but go ahead right uh, as you were as you were thank you, know, you jason so much better to just stay <laughs> just stay in fresno <laughs> How do you, um, what type of activity do you have with those people, Lindsay, that are coming from out of the area? Are they reaching out to you because they know that because of Richardson Properties and your background with Christie's um, expertise, are they reaching out to you guys directly? Do you have clients in those areas yeah, that are moving Yeah, I've actually here? got more and more clients moving from these kind of feeder markets. Okay. And, and what's fantastic, you know, for potential sellers too, is we actually have really, really great connections with the top brokerages in both, you know, Southern California and Northern okay. California. So okay. we're always networking. We actually own a brokerage down in Manhattan Beach um, okay. in the Strand Hill area. And so, I mean, we're, we're getting in front of all of the, the best agents uh, throughout the state so that when they have their high net worth clients moving, they're going to tell us about it mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, get in touch with them and, and help them make that transition, mm-hmm. which means more exposure for mm-hmm. our, our luxury sellers or our our regular sellers, more yeah. exposure to them and, and really getting the, the cash buyers that are, are feeding into this market. Mm-hmm. And what type of homes are those cash buyers buying? Are they buying like Four six hundred thousand dollar homes? Are they buying the brownstone homes on Marsh, or are they out in Edna Valley, or is it? You know, I actually see two groups. Uh, interesting. Two groups migrating here, and and it is interesting. I I get the the more retirees, let's call them fifty five and and up, where they're they're tired of the pace. They really want to come enjoy their retirement and and not live in such a hectic lifestyle. So so I'd say that's group one, and group two, which is I think just fantastic, is younger professionals, let's say between 30 and 38, that are making a killing up in the Bay Area or making a killing in LA. Mm -hmm. And they go, you know, I just don't want to raise my family in in a place where every, I mean, they're shutting down schools in San Jose because there's a lot of people that all they do is work. There's no sense of community anymore. And Mm -hmm. so, so those younger buyers are going, I want to raise my, my family in, in a more, 
um, dynamic environment where people go outside. There's, you know, sure. moms groups. There's different activities. And so I've got – there's actually those two groups kind of migrating to the Central Coast uh, that I've seen because of the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and that really attracts people. So I'd say, you know, the, the first – the first group, they're looking probably anywhere from a million bucks to, to two and a half million bucks and up from there. And then the second group, the, the younger generation, I'd, I'd say they're kind of looking in the six hundred to $900,000 range in general. Got it. Of course, every everybody's in a unique financial position. And so, but those I would say are kind of the trends I've been seeing. Yeah. And with the, the new developments coming into play in the next two to five years, I mean, we see a lot more opportunity for people to move here. We talked about this in the beginning of the show, the the city themselves looking at a 30-year plan of how we make this county, this city more, more um, shall I say, palatable to take on this population growth. Um, how do you feel about that, that in- inventory coming on to the market from the builder standpoint? How does that affect your sellers, this market currently? Absolutely. So, you know, if if you're an owner in San Luis Obispo County and and you're thinking of moving out of the area or or making a move in the next two years, Mm -hmm. we should probably start talking now and and strategizing because my job is to obviously get you the most money possible out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be competing when you go to sell, you you know you don't want to be competing with a hundred brand new homes in the county. Mm-hmm. That you know buyers can pick out the the granite, they can pick out the paint colors, they can pick out the flooring. You don't want to be an old resale at that time. We really want to get you top dollar, but before all these new homes come on the market. And mm-hmm. that's one of the huge advantages of of working here at Richardson Properties is we know even the builders that we don't represent. We know we have spreadsheets. We know what's coming on. We know when. And right. so that can that information is huge if you're thinking about potentially selling your home. Mm-hmm. I mean, just between where we are right now and the south and the airport, there's going to be over almost a thousand homes going in 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 the next three and a half years. I I just I just think it's important to think that you know as that as those homes should they all get built should they all get built that um, you know, your price is going to be correlated to how much inventory is out there for what you can sell for. I also wonder, too, with, um, with Diablo getting to, you know, in five years, it's, that's hitting like wind-down era out there. So, I mean, I know just thinking of family, friends, and clients and stuff like that, I know a bunch of people that aren't quite at retirement age and are making a pretty sweet living at Diablo and will, you know, have a a home in slow that, you know, if you're a, a nuke engineer, what do you do then? So is that going to lead to a bunch of properties being listed? I don't know. I'm not at all That's trying to, to suggest that it means that the sky is falling, um, but you know, it's just food for thought. There's there's some inventory on the horizon. I suspect it's not going to be enough to really move the needle. I think there are so many people that so desperately want to be here, um, you know, and even, even people from the county that really want to be in slow, but maybe they bought something over the grade or out at the coast or something because mm-hmm. it's just – it's kind of a premium. And so maybe once things just loosen up enough, that'll just give them the opportunity to finally make that move into slow. 
you know, and maybe not. I don't know. Lindsay and I were talking at lunch this week, and I I used the metaphor of musical chairs. I mean, you add another musical chair, uh, the free space, if you will, it starts allowing the shuffle to happen more. Yeah, people but in our case, in I think Beach. you've got forty people dancing around eight chairs. So uh, throwing in a ninth chair is kind of ridiculous a 10th chair okay great in fact why don't you just go ahead and add seven chairs you still are well below what you need i think that's really what's going on in slow and if you if you want to go back i mean this is kind of a funny thing san lewis um well you guys are both intimately aware of the the builder community around here san lewis has had this like one percent growth things from the 70s mm-hmm. go back and figure it all out they've averaged closer to about a half a percent so we're not even actually getting close to that one percent cap it's always been um difficult to build around here and so for all of that time and all of those years there are people that want to be here that are not, that have chosen to be in the bedroom communities that are, you know, waiting for their time to come in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing too, I think you're right about that being that resell competing with all those new homes. I There's definitely that at the same time too, some of these people are going to show up with that resale and like, man, this is, this looks great. Even compared to the new homes, you have so much to offer. And for some people, they don't want to live in the, the cookie cutter house, you know, that's matching the neighbors in that very conforming neighborhood. I mean, they may love the Lincoln Delhi area. You yeah. Know? That's why in funny right. you said Lincoln. Cause I was saying they want to be like in that eclectic Toro. neighborhood yeah. over there where things are so interesting from one house to the next. So mm-hmm. always real estate is so case by case and you know, but you're absolutely right to say, if you're thinking about doing something in the next one to three years, Probably a pretty good idea to just at least start circling up the wagons, figure out what's out there, what's the plan, how do you stack up, is there anything you can do? Well, and, you know, maybe start doing your homework, you know, in terms of, you mentioned Diablo. Well, if if I was getting ready to retire or, or not retire, but end my contract in five years, I'd be looking, talking with you guys and saying, hey, w- what's my payment? How can I get this payment to a, an affordable place sure. so that when x happens i'm prepared and my family has the options to stay rent right. my home out sell but really just position position yourself so that you've got all the options possible so i think it definitely provides some options for us to work together and, and help our clients plan for the future growth whatever they're looking to accomplish in in that process yeah and I would, I would before the break, I I tease the listeners that you know Lindsay's very modest, but she's also a shark. I want to just explain what that means really quick. Lindsay will never tell you this, but you're probably one of the most active real estate agents in our county. I mean, with regards to transactions, closed, been involved in, opened, listing, buying. So kudos to you. Thank That's you. That's the hustle. That's the <laughs> yeah. hustle. Yeah, and um, been involved on both sides of the transaction where I've been. You've been the listing agent for me and also helping a buyer. <laughs> and I, I think that I think you present yourself with a high level of professional standards, but I also like the way you, it's not that you're not no nonsense, it's just that you keep your eye on the ball. And, and I mean that by way of how you set up the offer. You know, if we're gonna address this listing, yeah, we like this, we like this offer because it's lower, but it gives us the time we need to segue into our next house. 
explaining that to the clients because I'm assuming day one, they're like, okay, so you're going to get me more money than the other guy, right? Of course. Right. <laughs> so tell me that's really- That's why you have a shark on your that's side. Right. <laughs> right. So when you go through the process of, of buying and selling, um, and as we're wrapping up here, I just want you to take a, take a minute or two and just tell me what you like most about this business, why you've why people would benefit from using you, and um, what you're really those two things, what you like most about this business and why people would benefit from using you. Yeah, well, I mean, I love this business because I love being an advocate for my clients, and I really love the opportunity to help them solve their challenges. I mean, making a move is even if it's the for the very best reasons, it's a challenge. There's a lot of moving parts. And I really put myself in my customer's shoes and am really willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that that process for them goes as smooth as possible. So whatever I can do to, to help them accomplish their goals, I'm just very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. And so it it makes the, the 60, 70-hour work weeks fly by because I'm, I'm very excited and, and passionate about helping my clients get where they need to go. And so with that, no, no, no situation's the same and every day is a little bit different, right. but really being able to, you know, work with my great affiliates like yourselves and, and put our heads together and really help them solve their challenges that, you know, some agents would say, oh, you have to sell your house. Don't even bother. Don't don't write an offer on your dream home. You need to sell your house and they're not taking a contingency offer. And right. they would send that person away. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sick to my stomach. I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Jason. I really want to say, how can we help this person take this challenge? Their house is not sold and the owner won't take a contingent offer. How do we work together to, to accomplish that? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just never accept no when a yes is still possible. If if there's a way we can work together and, and find a solution, then I'm all about that. Is that an athletic background or is that just installed in your DNA? Or I mean, it's meaning like you, you just seem to never say die attitude, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's something a little bit wrong up, <laughs> up here. I, I'm not sure. I, I did play sports, but I was never very good. So. Okay, great. Um, but yeah. Jason was a chess player. That's his move. I played a lot of chess. Yeah. But I also did other things too. When I was little, Mike, <laughs> I wrestled. Okay. I played basketball. I played football. Uh, I played baseball. I played chess. golf. Come on, dude. Yeah. All over the place. Yes, and I played chess. I love chess. I'd probably whoop you at chess today. I think I solved it. I played Monopoly. I was a really good Monopoly player. You know what's so funny? I was always really good at Monopoly too. And most of my success came in like making deals with people on the trade for the properties or whatever, getting in a tight spot, letting somebody slide for, you know, a free pass on your boardwalk. If I hit it, I'll let you, I'll let you, sure. I'll let you around my um, Baltic this time. Just creating your own rules yeah, for the just, game. Sure. And that but that's where all the fights occur too, right? Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, No, you can't do that. You're yeah. not a part of this. Right. So we, you know Yeah, you're not involved in this. I, ha- I had some interesting family CFPB. reunions uh, after Monopoly games, but now when I <laughs> now when I see somebody younger uh, killing that at Monopoly, I say, When you're eighteen you call me. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think and you've right. got an internship right. waiting. <laughs> well, I feel like Monopoly is um, like should be required in school to mm. just show you. Okay, you need to budget. You need to prepare. You need to understand the value of developing. You need right. to be able to negotiate Mortgage to broker the asset. deal. 
Yep. Yeah, to know how to argue against a deal that you know is going to negatively impact you. And everyone else involved. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway. They have a love, card love game the version game, love of the Monopoly game. now. They have a card game version of it. I own it. We're out of time. I got to tell Please you. I off. just want, when we were talking today um, about, you know, coming on, doing the show with Lindsay, I thought to myself, um, that's fun. We've done it before. You're always a great guest. So I appreciate it. Um, I remember us being on the phone together over my being a part of, I'm on the phone oftentimes in the crisis as the broker because some, somebody's like, you know what? I need to talk to Jason finally. So that happens to me a lot. So I don't remember if it was me being the LO or you, um, just needing to talk to me, but I remember us being in a crisis and you being so calm and reasonable and helping work towards a solution, which is awesome. Cause oftentimes Agents just crawl down my throat. So mm-hmm. anyway, thank you. I appreciate well, that. I'm glad we're still friends. <laughs> and um, thank you for getting that done. I, I do remember that. If you guys want to get a hold of Lindsay, um, phone number? It's 805-441-7744. If you couldn't write that down because you're driving, don't even try. You can call us and we'll get you in touch with Lindsay. 543 Loan rings all of our offices. Um Mike, thank you very much for covering for Dan today and allowing him to have time off to be with his family. You bet. Lindsay, thank you for coming in today. Thank you, guys. This has been fun. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We're out of here, but we will be back. I think you and I again next week. Thanks for being with us today, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on Mortgage Matters.